Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. If you follow us on our Facebook group or any of us on social media, then you might be aware that it has been a rough week for all three of us, and we just kind of needed some time to regroup and uh, get back to normal. So instead of posting a normal episode this week, we are going to be sharing with you a Speculation Zone episode, one of our favorites and one of the ones that our Patreon listeners loved the most. And we wanted to give everyone a chance to be able to hear uh, about a group that could be described as one big happy family. I just want to let everyone know that we will be back next week with our uh, regularly scheduled end of the trump series finally and uh, after that we are starting a series that i think all of you are going to really 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 enjoy so i'm looking forward to that and uh yeah hope to see you all next week without any further ado whoop whoop august 3rd 2019 as the flames rise over the shimmer forest indiana campground 47-year-old Joseph Bruce and his partner in life and allegedly crime, 45-year-old Joseph Usler, survey the empire they've built. Their devoted followers gleefully darting between the flames, dancing, singing, screaming. This is the 20th year in a row they've called their followers to commune together. And like most years, they're definitely not going to be invited back to the venue again. (laughs) (laughs) The people dancing and writhing below them rhythmically chant their mantra, the only words that make sense in this moment. A cry of solidarity, of happiness, and of family. Whoop whoop. Oh, (laughs) shit! My name is Hatchet Tits, and this <laughs> is the Speculation Zone. Yeah. I'm so excited yes. for this. Holy yes, shit. yes, yes, yes. Obviously, I also have with me today. Uh, hey, hi, I'm uh, Fago. Licious. All right, Fago Licious, and with us we have Scared of Clowns. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want to come up with other Juggalo names? Yeah, I should yeah, think what? of a better one. Here, I'm gonna. Really I just didn't quick. want to spoil it. I wanted the actual reaction of you guys finding out it was gonna be Juggalos. This is so crazy, and I knew that eventually we would cover them. Yeah. Is there an app to find your Juggalo? Yes. Name? I'm on it. Okay. Yeah. Andrea, what was your what was your cool juggalo name? Shadowcaster? Shadow Keeper. Shadow Keeper. Hatchet Tits, Shadow Keeper, and Sugar Bear. Wait, that's the that's the one from Workaholics is Sugar Bear. I got Sugar Bear. Okay. This feels like an insult. Maybe, maybe. I feel like if anything, researching this episode made me like juggalos more. Yeah. Okay. Like I was already pretty pro Juggalo, and this one made me be like, "Yeah, let's go to the gathering." Like, okay. like I I was on board after this. Have you been to a gathering? I have not been to a gathering. Okay, okay. I've not. I watched many documentaries on it in preparation for this. Which, speaking of which, let's get into our sources before I forget. Okay. Because sources are important. You should cite the people whose work you use. Yeah. Just saying. Also, we list these here so that if you guys are really interested in this, you can go look at these sources because we won't be able to cover everything in them. This is just a cursory overview. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. You know. So, 
For starters, we have the AV Club article, The Gathering of the Juggalos Ended As You Might Expect, with everything on fire. (laughs) (laughs) That was published about two weeks ago. Um, We also have juggalogathering.com slash general info. That was our source for a basic calendar and timeline for this year's gathering which was the 20th annual gathering of the Juggalos. Wow. Ooh. Uh, we also have juggalogathering.com slash timeline, which uh, provides some more context, again, for the gathering itself. Did you say it's celebrating its 20th? 20th annual, 20 years in a row. If the jug- if the gathering of the Juggalos was a Juggalo itself, it already have three kids. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we've got the Newsweek article. This is one of my favorite article titles gathering of the juggalos 2019 what is a juggalo and why do they drink fago insane clown posse inspired horrorcore carnival descends on indiana what that's the title of the article that's a that's full a page title. that's a full page and that was again about this year's gathering are you sure that's not just a verse from the new juggalo song the <laughs> no because it'd be song? it'd be way more fun if it was if it was an actual verse um then we've got insaneclownposse.com okay got their website um Huge merch store. They are killing the merch game. Oh, wow. Just saying. They have a loyal following. Very, 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 very. Uh, We've also got NPR.org, which they did an episode called Who Are the Juggalos and Why Are They Marching in Washington, D.C.? Oh, yeah. We'll cover that a little bit. I remember that. Uh, That started in 2013. Uh, We've also got a 2010 article from Wired.com, which is How to Outcast Built a Multi-Million Dollar Empire, which is actually, if you get the chance to read that, highly recommend Highly, because that article covers basically their rise from being poor kids in Detroit to owning their own record label that has sold almost a hundred million records collectively across all their brands and about 10 pounds of face makeup every day every day (laughs) uh the icp just the band themselves have sold about 10 million records just them and they have five gold albums and two platinum albums jesus which it's one of those things that you don't think about that because no one like you don't hear them on the radio like, unless you go looking for Juggalos, you probably won't find Juggalos unless you live in their territory, which is the Midwest. But <laughs> if you... If or you're, Florida. Or Florida. Or Orange County. There's a very large Juggalo. Yeah, just wherever you don't want to live. That's where they are. Wherever tap-out t-shirts are prevalent, <laughs> there also are Hatchet Man shirts. Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting Juggalos. <laughs> um... Then also we have Behind the Paint, which is Violent J's autobiography. Oh, my God. (laughs) Surprisingly good. Surprisingly really interesting. We're going to pull a lot of the information from his childhood or for his childhood from that book. Um, You know, I wasn't born Violent J. I was actually born Peaceful J. (laughs) He's had a couple other names. We'll go through them. Oh, my God. But because he's the one who's published a book, we're mostly going to cover his childhood. We don't know as much about Shaggy Two Dope's childhood. You mean Guy Fieri? No, no, no. That's Violent J. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Violent J is just 
Guy Fieri. He's scarier than Guy Fieri. Guy Scary? Guy <laughs> Fee Scary? <laughs> yes, he's Guy for Scary. Yeah. And the lead singer of Smash Mouth. <laughs> I've never seen them all in the same room at the same time. Um, Somebody once told me the clowns were gonna roll me. me. I've got a hatchet in my head. Okay, so... <laughs> um, also, we have juggalos.fandom.com, which is where we get our Hatchetpedia Juggalo glossary that we'll go through. God, that was a lot of words. It's, it's a lot. Uh, and then finally, we get into a couple documentaries. So uh, of the documentaries we watched, we watched Whoop Dreams. Whoop Dreams. I'll go into Whoop Dreams a little bit towards the end because they're one of the first Juggalo non-juggalo produced juggalo documentaries jesus christ um then we've got competing for miss juggalette at the gathering of the juggalos which yes, is a short what? yes which is a short mini documentary by broadly that is i highly recommend watching it it's on youtube it's only 16 minutes long it's the the reporter's name is steak oh my god <laughs> yeah that is, should it tell- a, is it a is it a woman? Oh, yes. God. Oh, that makes sense it's because so this whole thing good. sounds like mistake. Yeah. Uh, the best part about it is it follows a bunch of different women who are competing to be Miss Juggalette at yeah. the gathering that year. It was covering uh, the gathering in 2015, so four years ago. I have so many questions. I will answer all of your questions. The saddest part about all of the Juggalo documentaries is the amount of smoking pregnant women you see. So oh, many. No. Just constantly. So many. So many. <laughs> um, yeah. The the amount of smoking pregnant women. Um, the amount of real questionable tattoos. Oh, yeah. Tattoos that are so bad that you're pretty sure it gave them hepatitis. Like, yeah. there's no way it didn't. It's These people bad. got prison tats with a clean record. Yes, a hundred, a hundred percent. The all oh of the tattoos God. look like they were done at home, but they didn't need to be because these are people <laughs> who had enough money to buy gathering tickets. What you mean? I sterilized it in Fago. A hundred percent. Cotton it's, candy can't get me sick. According to, and now this is after a lot of different research, uh, people say that if you can find candy apple Fago. That's the good shit. Oh, really? And buy as many as many bottles of it as you can. Is it just supposed to taste like green apple or is it supposed to taste like caramel apple? So I think it's supposed to taste like kind of sour apple, but with the sweet caramel kick. So to understand Juggalos, we need to start from the beginning and understand the clowns behind them. <laughs> Every sentence. <laughs> this is why I wanted to do this so badly oh because I was like... Nothing bad happens to anybody. No one is sad. They're not technically a cult, and we can make fun of everything the entire way because there's no victims. God. I love it. I'm so excited. So, Joseph Francis Bruce was born April 28, 1972, in Berkeley, Michigan. He was the youngest of three, and according to his autobiography, when he was about two years old, his father, Richard Bruce, left the family, taking all of their money with him. That's to... how he turned into Dick Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> he left the family to pursue a career in the circus. I mean, that would make so much sense, but no, I don't Damn I it. don't really have a lot of information. Okay. I don't know that he even really knows much. They don't talk about it a lot after. Um, but 
this forced... He started his own rap group called Crazy Goofer Gang. <laughs> and then his son started insane clown posse, and he was like, ah, so close. But instead of painting their faces, the Crazy Goofer Gang paints their asses. Yeah. No one can see it. It just ruins all their pants. Oh, God. I'm kidding. This, the nose that's so real. So many oil stains. Yeah, exactly. Violent dick on the mic, and I'm super uncomfortable. <laughs> Violent dick. So... Regardless, Joseph Bruce, his father, Richard Bruce, as we were yeah. talking about, left and took all of the family's money. This left Joe's mom to care for her three children on her salary that she was making as a janitor. Oof. Oh, no. Brutal. Yeah. Um, his mother eventually remarried uh, not too long after. But according to Joseph, his new stepfather sexually abused both him and his older brother and sister. Oh, oh no. Jesus. Yeah. His mom did divorce that guy not too long after. Um, but that just meant that they were insanely poor because she was supporting them all on her own. Insanely poor posse. <laughs> um, from around the same time, and this is kind of something that happens with Juggalos, is that there's like lore that you don't really know how true it is or isn't and how much of it is just part of the story and the mythos they've created. Okay. Okay. So right around the same time when Joe was about seven, he and his brother supposedly caught a butterfly because they thought it was cool and beautiful and they kept it in a jar overnight uh, they planned to set it free the next day. They killed that butterfly dog. It died, yes. When they woke up, the butterfly died, and they felt really bad about it. Uh, it said that they felt like they'd committed a murder. I was like, that's a bit <laughs> Okay, honey. Um, but they made a vow that one day they would make it to heaven so that they can apologize to the butterfly face-to-face. On every Insane Clown Posse album, it reads dedicated to the butterfly okay allegedly now i don't own physical copies of any insane clown posse albums i only own digital copies so i can't verify that um i didn't want to buy a copy that's fine that's insane (laughs) that's so so funny if you own both joker's decks and can verify this please let me know so Without dual income, with only his mom's income, they were super poor. All of his clothes came from rummage sales or Goodwill, and all of their food came from canned food drives or local charity kitchens. Oh, that's horrible. It's brutal. Um, He and his family moved to another suburb in hopes of a slightly better situation called Oak Park, where he met John Usler and his little brother, Joey Usler. It was around this time that likely out of necessity, Joe and the Usler boys started getting involved with criminal activity in Royal Oak Township. So this isn't a part of life that they talk about often, and they didn't stay in the gang for long. Um, Bruce, Joey, Joseph Bruce, uh, dropped out of school in the ninth grade. Oh. And moved in with his friend Rudy in another suburb called River Rouge. There, he actually formed his own gang with the Usler brothers called the Inner City Posse. So we kind of started, see it start to form. Uh, And they would terrorize people with army-issued tear gas 
and occasionally stole car radios for money, allegedly. Um, <laughs> they, yeah, and, and it was kind of, but again, they're 15-year-olds. This is kind of like from when we covered Bloods and Crips, where they can't drive. Yeah. They kind of are illegally sometimes, but, like, it's how much carnage can 15-year-olds cause. Well, the worst part is imagine coming getting off of work imagine getting off of work you go to your car you open it the window is smashed your radio is missing the only thing there is a note that says it's for the butterfly (laughs) (laughs) the butterfly needed a radio (laughs) what's this white oily residue oh it's definitely grease paint (laughs) um oh no so at the time his mom with no children left living at home because he was her youngest Mm -hmm. and dropped out, moved out. She moved to a different suburb called Ferndale and she was attacked in her home by a rival gang. Oh, Oh, God. The Hazel Park Posse from Hazel Park, if that wasn't clear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is some old school gang naming. Yeah. Uh, Worried about his mom and scared for his own life. Uh, Joe fled to Bonnie Dune, North Carolina, where he lived in a trailer park town. Literally a town that is all trailers. I've seen them. A trailer park town. Yeah. I've seen My Name is Earl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So he chose North Carolina because it was close to Fort Bragg. His older brother had joined the army and was now stationed at Fort Bragg. So he basically went to the only other family he really had. And according to him, both kind of in his autobiography and also the lore on Juggalo fan sites and things like that, it was there that he witnessed open racism for the first time, which would largely influence his music later on. One of the most popular singles in their discography is called Chicken Hunting, and it refers to racist rednecks as chicken and chickens. The song is literally about them hunting down racists and murdering them for being bigots. Damn. Yeah. That's kind of bigoted towards bigots, though. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. That's confusing, but I get it. Yes. So the thing is, is like, we hate hatred, so we're going to kill Killed it. it. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, um, cool. At, at multiple turns, we occasionally find juggalos to be what I would say aggressively woke. In a way that always surprises me. Murderously woke. Violently woke. (laughs) Violently woke. Um, Violently. Most juggalos are woke in two ways. One, politically, and two, because of Adderall. Right. Uh, He only lasted, like, not even really a year in North Carolina before coming back because he fucking hated it there. Yeah. So he's, it. what state is he in? He's in Ohio? Uh, Michigan. Detroit. Oh, Michigan. They're from Detroit. Detroit. That basically. makes sense. Because I was going to, th- like, the more you, you like, describe this, I was yeah. like, this is, like, slim, shady, but with clowns. And they hate each other. Really? Yeah. yeah. Their studio is on Nine Mile. Oh. Yeah. Oh, they hate each other. It's That's like a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eminem is also, like, I mean, I'm sure he's a really nice guy, but he has a lot of beef with different rappers for very stupid reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he returned to Michigan and along with the Usler brothers, they got heavily into rap music, which makes sense. This is in 1989. So it's right around the time rap was becoming more mainstream, specifically gangster rap. They were hearing songs that kind of spoke to their same life experiences, just sung by people across the country. 
you know, they had been in gangs. They had been poor. They'd been from a bad neighborhood. Rap resonated with them. Yeah. I I mean, this is around the time that Biggie Smalls' biggest hit song came out called uh, I'm a White Boy from North Carolina. Look at me. I don't like racists. <laughs> well, it's and <laughs> I got depression. He's, <laughs> he's, he's a white boy from Michigan. Yeah. Okay. Sure. You know, which Detroit, definitely a little more, I would say, diverse probably than North Carolina. Yeah. They definitely, I mean, I'm, the thing is, is like anyone who joins a gang at any point is, I mean, and a, a real gangs like this, like they, yeah. they're doing or they're going through some shit despite being white boys. Yeah, of course. Well, I would say Michigan as a whole isn't super diverse, but Detroit for sure. Yeah. And they're, sure. and they're all in basically in and around the Detroit suburbs. Mm. Um, so in 1989, that same year after returning to Michigan, he recorded a song using a karaoke machine. Yeah, baby. What? Yeah. Uh, karaoke machine. Uh, and he actually recorded a couple with the Usler brothers. Now the Usler brothers and him recorded together. They each picked names. So his first name at this point is Jagged Joe. And then Joseph Usler, the younger Usler brother, became Kangol Joe. And then John Usler, the older Usler brother, became Master J, who I'm pretty sure there's another Master J. Yeah, there has to be. There has to be. Um, but they released a single called Party at the Top of the Hill under the name the JJ Boys, because all their names start with J, but this did not lead anywhere. Like hardcore well, It led to the top of the were, hill, for sure. For sure. Um, now, right around the same time, Joseph landed in jail for his previous gang activities. Basically, it caught up to him. So he spent a few months in jail and following release, he swore off gang life forever, forever. Okay. So he got into professional wrestling. Oh, <laughs> yeah. This is the trajectory I've always wanted to hear about. For sure. So <laughs> if that's true, you should just watch Lucha Libre. Yeah. <laughs> Nacho. Anyway, so uh, both Joe and the Osler brothers obsessed with professional wrestling. They would set up tournaments in their backyards and in empty lots. And they got to a point where uh, specifically Joseph Bruce that we're talking about wrestled fairly frequently and would actually make money doing it. And he, if you have never seen Violent J, uh, is a big dude. Yeah, this is also uh, backyard wrestling and and like underground wrestling rings are way more common than I thought. Yeah, oh yeah. And they're dwindling now, but they're still pretty common. We know, at least Andrea and I know, I don't know if you've ever met him, but there's a comic in San Diego. Yeah, I am very familiar. Yeah, who's a wrestler and uh, it's pretty intense. What he does every night basically is he uses razor blades to cut open his forehead. Yeah. So oh my that, God. That way when he fights, he bleeds more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize that there was such a big market for like underground wrestling. <laughs> there is. I, before I met Jake, went on a date with a guy who was an underground luchador. Nice. Ha. Not nice. Because so he's an underground luchador. He wasn't making any money at it. Paying yeah. out of his pocket for all of his costumes, everything. And he was hardcore and then criticized me 
for spending time doing comedy because I didn't, quote, support his art. And I was like, I get paid to do comedy. <laughs> Spandex is hella expensive, dog. <laughs> like, Please tell me, was he one of the, like, old OG luchadors where it's like they wear the mask out in public? Yes. Oh, my God. Where I he, love to, no, pr- to protect no, his identity. Paige. Not Not when we were not not with me. So you weren't, yeah. like... I just I wasn't on a date with a person wearing a luchador mask. No, I was on a date with a dude who refused to cut his hair because it was part of his character. Straight up, I was imagining you at an Italian restaurant. I'm sure with a guy doing in a suit the lady and the tramp with a dude with a luchador mask, sharing one piece of pasta. Yeah, th- no, this was a thing that did not last long. It was like, a, hey, you're pretty cool. This seems cool. Oh no, thank you. <laughs> when, when the guy hits you with in the eye, he basically because he that's was, a chair shot. He and I were. He and I were the same age and he was living with his parents and not working because he was that devoted to being a luchador. Oh my God. And I was like, Hey, fuck off. Well, I was like, Hey, I think it's cool that you're a luchador or whatever, but what's the end game for being a luchador? Oh, you mean my finisher? I call it the pile bomb. Well, I'm I'm just like, what, what's your plan? Cause like even the most famous luchadors, are still just the most famous luchadors. Yeah. Oh, you mean my life finisher? I call it the wife and kids bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was one of those things. It's where I take commitment, smash it on its back. Girls, if you're listening, you deserve better than a luchador. Well, I was just like, no offense. I have my own dreams and aspirations. I have a day job to pay for them. That's my that's yeah. my jam. Anyone else who's listening that's not uh, doesn't identify as a girl, you deserve a luchador. That's all you. Do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just saying, like, work to get the things that you want. It's cool to have dreams. It's cool to want to be a luchador, but that can't be your only plan. <laughs> Not everyone gets to be a famous luchador. The problem is with luchadors is once you become famous, you're still no one is supposed to know who you are. Exactly. So just put up, just buy a more famous luchador's mask, put it on, and just be that person. I mean, yeah, you I could guess. be. It's yeah. like the James Bond of wrestling. Yeah. 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 Kenny. Do you want me to do your laundry? Mom, I'm trying to power up right now. Can you bother me later? Oh, he's just like lifting protein into his gullet. One, <laughs> I, I at one point thought that he had just full on ghosted me. It turned out his mom turned off his phone and I was like, we're not doing this. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're not doing this. No, nope. Uh, but it turned out way better for Violent J. Yeah. <laughs> um, they actually own a wrestling organization now. What? Which one? We'll get to it. It's, 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 yeah, Juggalo Wrestling League. It's a very real thing. They have their own stars. They have matches. They have a wrestling school in Detroit. It's, it's a thing. Hey, guys, I got to take a month off from this podcast. I'm going to (laughs) Detroit. To become a Juggalo wrestler? They would love you, I'm sure. It's so slippery. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but... Obviously, professional wrestling couldn't last forever, couldn't pay all the bills. So that same, Yeah, I know. So that same year, Bruce and his friend Dale Metinen Jr. recorded another song, Intelligence and Violence, on a karaoke machine. And that became his new, basically, single. And at that point, he adopted the stage name Violent J. 
Okay. Nice, 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 nice. Nice, nice, nice. So he did the only thing that made sense at that point. Bought his own karaoke machine. Because <laughs> it was recorded on somebody else's karaoke machine. <laughs> Not real sound equipment, just a different karaoke machine. Now, Armando, you might be too young to remember this. Uh-huh. And I'm sure that when they say karaoke machine, I think they probably mean something more like this. When we were younger, Andrea, I don't know if you remember these. I do remember. There used to be things in the mall where you could go and record your own covers of songs. Okay. Or if you had like your own backing track, you could just bring them the backing track and just record it. But it's basically the equivalent of like a karaoke machine. And then they just give you a CD of you singing a cover of somebody's song. And it was one of those things where like you could get a bunch of people together at Christmas and make your own album of Christmas carols, things like that. And they don't really exist anymore at least that i've seen unfortunately yeah because computers have microphones yeah it sounds like it sounds like build a blackmail tape yeah (laughs) but this was basically before before you had microphones for computers and before you could easily record things at home without a huge recording setup yeah you would go to these mall kiosks i'm pretty sure that's what happened here i used to uh back in the day when i was making hip-hop i recorded my first mixtape on a uh xbox gaming headset oh just fyi so is it the could... one that's on soundcloud no it's one okay. that i made on a xbox headset with beats that i got either from myself or from youtube that are not good mm-hmm. and then i put it on cds and distributed it throughout my high school cool and i'm very worried somebody still has a copy if you still have a copy of this I want it. Hit me up. Send it to 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like, like the, the Shining. Shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. Um, so they bought their own karaoke machine. <laughs> uh, and along with the Usler brothers, Joey and John, they formed the music group, the Inner City Posse, named after their gang. And they released a basically a new album called Basement Cuts, spelled B-A-S-S dash M-E-N-T cuts they hired a local record store owner named alex abbas as their manager who alex abbas is still around to this day working with psychopathic records like loyalty for life Uh, and they established the psychopathic records label with him in 1991 but no one really cared they weren't getting any traction no one was really noticing them they didn't really stand out in the music landscape So in 1991, the Inner City Posse decided that they were going to change their style, their look, and their name. Because Joseph Bruce, Violent J, had a dream. Dreams are very important in the Juggalo mythos and lore. This dream in particular. Because according to the story, Violent J had a dream where a clown was running around town and ushered him into a carnival, a carnival that appeared to him seemingly from nowhere. And multiple people in this carnival appeared to him and told him how the world would end and how we will be judged before entering heaven or hell. What? They have made 12 concept albums about this story. What? Is this like a Batman situation where he's like, we wear clown makeup because we're afraid of the clowns? No. What? 
we wear clown makeup because we will all be judged by the ringmaster. Bitch, what the fuck? <sighs> by the way, did you know that the Juggalos are kind of Christian? No. What? And this is their allegory for the story of Christ and being judged. <laughs> Armando just aggressively end. removed his glasses. I violently removed my glasses. Second uh, of all, this is... <laughs> What? <laughs> so much crazier than you thought it was going to be, right? Yes. So much. <laughs> what the fuck? So, um, they decided that they were going to start painting their faces as evil clowns, like mm-hmm. the ones in the dream. Yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. Story checks out. Except the older Usler brother, not into it. He was like, no, thank you. So he left the group about a month before the release of their Carnival of Carnage album, also known as the first Joker card. And the insane clown posse was born. From that day forward, the insane clown posse has been composed of both Joseph Bruce as Violent J and Joseph Usler as Shaggy Two Dope. Rapper of note, kicker of Fred Durst. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> He's such a... They're... Oh, my God. They're both insane. Everything yeah. about this story is ridiculous. It's going to get way worse. I love everything about this. <laughs> because we're about to talk about the Joker's cards and the mythology behind Insane Clown Posse. Yes. So originally upon the release of carnival of carnage which is the first joker card the insane clown posse laid out to their fans the idea that there would be six joker cards this comprises what is called the first deck now most of the albums are just general music with a couple allusions here or there to the story it's not blatant um, but there are huge entire websites and databases online Devoted to people trying to piece together the story of the Dark Carnival. So the Carnival of Carnage, also the name of the first album, is supposed to represent the ghetto and carnage that is within our inner cities and the problems with society and the problems that that causes within people. So basically, it's the things that you have to overcome in life is the Carnival of Carnage. Um, They represent this as a traveling carnival, which shares the carnage from the inner cities with the rest of the world because as we grow up and go out into the world, we bring our upbringing with us, which makes sense because they both had pretty rough upbringing. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Um, the Carnival of Carnage is also supposedly the actual entity of the Dark Carnival, although the Dark Carnival is also referred to as the overarching mythology of this belief system. Uh, the Ringmaster is supposedly the overseer of the carnival where he takes a look at your entire life and decides whether you're worthy to enter Shangri-La, which is heaven, or doomed to enter hell. Which is Florida. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just yes and to that yeah. one. We'll get to hell in just a little bit. But uh, the riddle box... <laughs> And and again, this is so these are the albums in order Carnival of Carnage, The Ringmaster, The Riddle Box, The Great Malenko, uh, The Jekyll Brothers. The Amazing Jekyll Brothers is, I believe, the first six. I might be missing one. Um, So The Riddle Box supposedly represents the mysteries of life. 
um, and what life could be like. So it's the, your life's potential and what you did with it. Uh, then the great Malenko, the next album, is a necromancer and an illusionist who tries to trick individuals into sinning to uh, basically prevent them from getting into heaven. So he's Satan in this mythology, basically. So do Chekhov's do a lot of drugs or like... No, you just get high off of the fumes of your own face paint. So I will get to that in just a little bit. Okay, because this is banana. Also, Fago is legally an amphetamine. Yeah. Nuh-uh. No. No. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, you dingus. (laughs) I don't know. Hey, I don't pay you to be smart. I pay you to sit there and be a riddle box. So, uh... It sounds like a Rubik's Cube person. <laughs> Can't get in until you solve it. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta look up the algorithms. <laughs> so the amazing Jekyll brothers, Jack Jekyll and Jake Jekyll, are good and bad brothers. Jake is the good brother, and he tries to juggle all of your sins as they're judging you. Oh my god. And for every sin you get, Someone throws another ball to him. Oh, my God. And then his brother, Jack, tries to distract him so that he cannot complete the juggling. If your sins are too heavy, he'll drop the balls. Also, all the balls are on fire. Flaming balls. If he drops the balls, you cannot go to Shangri-La. The flaming balls represent most of the insane, uh, the juggalos' struggles with uh, gonorrhea, by the way. That's yeah. what that... Struggleos, struggleos, struggleos. This is such an insane. I know that it's insane. Yeah, I get that. But that's such a fucked up to think that my heaven is guarded by somebody that can just fuck up their job. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Then just a fucking street busker that I never respected in life, and now he's judging me and my heavy ass balls. So the last album of the original first deck is called The Wraith. Uh, the Wraith, as the character in the mythology, is basically the Grim Reaper, so it takes you to either heaven or hell. Um, so, like... Hell's Pit is the name of their hell, basically. In this album, supposedly, they reveal that the carnival is God, and that that's been the message the whole time. Um, it also refers to Satan as a witch, even though the Great Malenko is also kind of Satan, so I don't know. Um, but that basically this witch brings wickedness to the world to try and take people to hell. So went to Florida to visit my family and my cousin is so proud. She just turned 16. She got her own car and she, we're like kind of the same age. So she's like, I'm a little bit older than her. So she's like, yeah, we're going to like go hang out, have cousin time. And I was like, okay, cool. Like that's fine. And she does this thing that you do sometimes where you have something that you love and you think is really cool and you want to share it with someone you love. And she tried to share insane clown posse with oh, me. No. And I was like still very much into the Bible and not into yelling. So 
It did not go over well. <laughs> Luckily, she had one of the CD changers that's in your trunk that skips a lot. Ah, uh, so that you can't, yeah. So that she tried to, like, it, like, skipped too much, and then she had to, like, stop the car, like, kick it, and it was just like, I guess we just have to listen to the radio. And it was like, oh, no. Oh, thank God. <laughs> it would have been great if she started with Homies, which has the line, like, fuck third cousins. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt so bad because I love her, and I didn't want to hurt her feelings, but also... Honey, no. <laughs> um, do you guys want to hear how Jake became an Insane Clown Posse fan? Oh, was my it? God. Because yes. Jake was a juggalo as a teenager. This no, is your fiance. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's. I guess I would call him a reformed juggalo. Um, I would call him a refurbished juggalo. <laughs> refurbished juggalo. <laughs> except that they were in town like a year ago and it came, it, like we drove past. He was just like, we go and we had like something else to do so we couldn't go and he was kind of bummed that we couldn't Aww. go see ICP <laughs> um, so Jake uh, was a juggalo as a teen and the way that he found out about Insane Clown Posse is that he and one of his friends used to hang out with a local guy that was kind of older and would like buy them beer and stuff he Got was like it. early 20s local homeless person yes yeah yeah local local dude older dude breaks up with this woman he'd been dating for a long time. Okay. Takes it real hard. Drinks ton of booze and decides that it's a good idea for him to spray paint the entire interior of his car. No. Now, he calls Jake's other friend to do it. Jake couldn't go. He was like at school or something. I don't know. So he and this other teenage guy with no ventilation... <gasps> Spray paint the entire inside of this vehicle. This is how you forget kindergarten. While listening to the entire first Joker's deck. Yeah, I was going to say, this is how you get into ICP. This is how you get into ICP. They then, high on paint fumes, drove that car directly to Jake's house. And were like, we just found the most amazing band. You've got to hear it just trust us you have to hear it and then force jake to listen to the whole thing at which point he was like this is pretty fun and became a a temporary juggalo was he just sitting in the car i think he did listen yeah, to it in the car that's yeah. why yeah 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 it yeah, takes yeah, like yeah. a couple days to air out oh yeah 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or a couple deep breaths i think for me that's my favorite Origin story for good. Because it's not like someone was like, hey, you like this. Get comfy. It, it was it's like, like no. Jake! Jake, we're high on paint. Come out. We you have to listen to this right now. It's really the carnival fun ride of introductions. Yeah, oh, a hundred percent. Very much. Um I I think what's great about this band is that all of their fans are believable as carnies. Yeah. I think a lot of them are. <laughs> yeah, they're just like nomadic, like white trash or white trash adjacent, like I mean, here's the thing. It's not necessarily just white people. Okay. That that's a that's a thing about juggalos. Okay. It is juggalos are surprisingly diverse. <laughs> that's a surprise to me for sure. Um, they hate racists. Yeah, because they're violently anti-racist, but also violently anti-homophobic. Okay, they Pretty are dope. very pro, pro, pro diversity, pro gay, 
where their whole thing is just like, be who you're going to be and love yourself because we're your family and we love you no matter what. So do you. This is really the Church of Outcasts. Oh, it really is. And it's one of those things where the more I read about it, the more I was like, can we just get all incels into ICP? Because... (laughs) Here's the thing. The more that I read about it, the more I was like, okay, so people find ICP when they're lonely and outcast, just like people find the incel community. The only difference is that juggalos find like a family and a supportive community that encourages them to be them and then also has a bunch of naked ladies around and they end up boning their way through the dark carnival and then just being a happy juggalo that doesn't shoot people. I like it. I'm a fan. Make incels juggalos. Yeah. Stop the violence. Listen to Violent J. <laughs> Listen to Violent J and Shaggy 2 Joe. Um, now, obviously, they couldn't just stop at six. They couldn't stop at one deck. No. So they announced that there would be a second deck, a second set of six albums. So those were Shangri-La, Hell's Pit, and then Bang Pow Boom, famous for the song Miracles. Did you guys hear Miracles when oh, it came out? Of Well, maybe not when it I came out, but definitely I've heard it. Miracles is the one that everyone makes fun of because it's basically an entire song about everything on earth that they think is amazing that God created, and it's a miracle, but it's things like trees, horses, magnets. How do they work? And it's just the most <laughs> basic list of stuff. And this was the first time that people were like, wait a second, are Juggalos Christian? And they were like, not exactly, but kind of. So it's kind of like how Jay-Z raps about cake. He just lists different types of cake. I mean, that sounds delicious. But this is basically Juggalos. And when interviewed and asked about it, Juggalos are like, or not juggle it. ICP is basically like, well, I was raised thinking that there was a heaven and a hell and you want to go to heaven and we love our juggalo fans. So like, wouldn't we want them to go to heaven? So that's what our music's about. And you're just like, what? (laughs) What I thought was very funny is when you said, uh, it's a song about them just naming different things. Yeah, it is. And one of your things was horses. Yeah, And I saw Andrea look around for face paint. Um, they then continued on. At one point, they did a cover of oh my God. of Christina Aguilera's song "Beautiful," but yeah. changed some of the lyrics. It's a lot more screaming of the word "bitch." <laughs> it's not. It's real heartfelt. Their more recent music is mad heartfelt and kind. Did they like have? children or something they do have children now. is that part of the ch- i mean like that's a thing that happens with dudes yeah. a lot of time where they're like fuck and then they're like but my family and then so- internet meme rap has changed a lot in that like the most famous of people in the same group are very like positive thinking yeah it's a, been a big push in hip-hop that stems sort of from them but also like it's become very profitable to be like the very positive guy yeah like chance the rapper or lil b there's also some other in like there's other factors so they did have children um they got rich and bought houses and life wasn't so bad nice but also they both stopped doing drugs Okay. okay. Um, Now, here's the thing. Violent Jade, it doesn't seem like was as much of a drug guy to begin with. What Um, about Shaggy Too Dope? Drugs and alcohol, but has been sober for some time, supposedly. So 
a lot of their other artists on their label still drink and do drugs, but the prevailing theory, and I saw it on a lot of different fan websites, was that ICP specifically are not super pro-substances in general. So that explains why he changed his name to Shaggy. I don't do dope anymore. (laughs) So did... Shaggy too healthy for dope. Right. Thank you. Do fans... Do juggalos or like the juggalo community, are they kind of a community that has grown up together with the the ICP? So like, I guess what I'm saying yeah. is like when this movement first started, all these kids are like, it's young kids. Right. So they're young. The people that follow them, that are wearing face paint, that are going to their concerts, they're young. But then... Over time, you continue to follow these people, but you also have kids and try to have a stable career and try to give up your substances. Like, do you think that the trajectory of the band is mirroring the lives of the Juggalos? No. Okay. Because Juggalo, like, this sounds weird, but some Juggalos grow out of it. Okay. Like Jake. You're not an outcast anymore. The music doesn't resonate with you as much. You yeah. just rejoin society. Or you get out of the paint fuels. Fumes. Yeah. Fumes. Um, but the thing that they can almost always guarantee is that there will be teens that feel like outcasts. <laughs> yeah. So they gain specifically young male followers by the truckload. And the thing that I kind of like about it is at least more recently, like now, granted, it's really more of a clown car load. They can fit a lot. Yeah, in yeah, there. yeah. OK, yeah. anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, they got they got their older music and, and a lot of it's pretty violent, but it is also violently anti-racist <laughs> and violently progressive. And then their more current music is wildly positive. That's funny because I think that that specific intersection resonates so perfectly with kids that are bullied yes it's like that's a hundred percent who it is because when you're a kid you're like you want to fight the power you want to fight your parents and you want to fight for what's right your right to party and like that you still have that like violence and that agitation but then you're like pushing it into like a positive thing because that's how you express yourself right it's really interesting yeah so they they seem to gain people who've been bullied people who feel like outcasts and they gain them young people still find them online people find them from friends regardless and so they get a bunch of young people and then people some people age out some people don't so like the gathering has people from like i think you have to be 18 to go because there's a lot of drinking drugs and sex going on at the gathering, which I'll get to in just a sec. But they get people at the gathering basically ranging from like 18 to 60, 70, the same, you know, like wow. just the whole gamut. People bring families. It's crazy. Well, Family. you're all family. Family. Yeah. Juggalos are much like Olive Garden in that if you're here, you're you are family. family. Whoop whoop! Now, with I got unlimited breadsticks flavored Fago. This might be my favorite episode it's of all time. It's just melted butter. <laughs> I'm just drinking melted butter. Now, bitch, I got depression. <laughs> now they've been doing the gathering of the Juggalos since 1999. Okay. This was the 20th one. Okay. But in 2010, everything changed. Oh no. 
with miracles, the song that everyone made fun of because of the magnets, uh, suddenly people who had never thought about ICP or looked at ICP could not stop looking at ICP. They weren't just this underground thing anymore. Everyone was kind of here for the train wreck, if that makes sense. Yeah. So this is when we start to see people and reporters specifically start going to the gathering, ironically. Oh. Or to report on it. But they're they're coming as an outsider with a critical eye towards people that are vulnerable and feel like outcasts and aren't really interested in their point of view. Yes, and something magic happens every time people do it. There have been multiple documentaries. I watched pretty much all of them. Um, and one of the first big ones is one that was done by a site called Film Drunk. They had a podcast before podcasts were cool called The Frotcast, and it was something I used to listen to in college. So I actually helped fund and watched this documentary when it came out, and then wow. I watched it again this past week, um, where essentially this documentary follows five film drunk employees who raised money to go to the gathering in an RV. And they just go. And they're basically met instantly with a million and a half juggalos like every juggalo they meet is just excited they're there and wants to be their friend Aww. like it's, it's really kind sweet. of amazing to watch where they're just like this is gonna be fucking weird and they interview a bunch of people and now granted the people they interview questionable people <laughs> like <laughs> some of the things you see in the documentary are disturbing but not once is anyone like why the fuck are you here they're all we're glad you're here. Here's where to find Fago. Here's where to find this. You're going to want to park here. You're going to want to do this. Oh, that's kind of sweet. It's we have a Willy sweet. Wonka style river of Fago. And they were one of the first groups to go and really document it. There have been a couple other documentaries since, but almost everyone finds kind of the same thing where people go expecting it to be this crazy thing. And at the end, they're just like, this is kind of cool. Like, yeah. I'm not into it. I don't love the music. This isn't my scene. But, like, I get it. Like, yeah. I get why people want to be here. Have fun. That's you know, like, don't yeah. stop it, basically. Um, which led to a Hard Times article that came out two weeks ago. The Hard Times article just says 65% of gathering of Juggalos attendees just vice reporters. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. That's really hysterical. But that's the thing. It's like more and more, the more and more that people have heard about the gathering, more and more people go. It's kind of like. (laughs) The Hard Times, by the way, in case you don't know, is like a. It's like the onion for music. Yeah. It's it's a very, uh, it's a parody. Yeah. It's funny because it it almost becomes like uh, like what Midsummer could have been. Like yes. people on an anthropological study of it's the American Midsummer. It, it is American it is. Midsummer. <laughs> but like with a sweet twist where no one dies. Well, few people yeah. die. I don't know. Um, I mean, people have died at the gathering. There have been the occasional stabbing, the occasional death of dehydration, and the occasional overdose because there is uh, an area specifically for buying and selling drugs called the Drug Bridge. Uh, and you can also take a swim in Hepatitis Lake. Um, well, the worst part is people just keep going to Stabby Alley. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we warned you. It was in the name. 
Um, now, one of these documentaries is the mini doc I watched on YouTube about the Juggalo beauty or Juggalette beauty pageant. This documentary follows the uh, participants in the 2015 Juggalette beauty pageant as they work to make it more feminist inclusive. I'm so excited. I have so many questions. Do they wear makeup? Is it about inner beauty or outer beauty? Do they have a swimsuit contest? Do they have to wear full body makeup? <laughs> One at a time? Yeah. Um, First of all, the twist is everyone wins at the end because they're all beautiful. Aww. Secondly, I made that up. Yeah, that's not how it happens. I'm beautiful. So... The Juggalette Beauty Pageant. They covered that song. Yeah. They did. Oh, my God. That's probably for this contest. Maybe. I don't know. The uh, So the Juggalette Beauty Pageant has been in existence as long as the gathering has been in existence. And up until 2013 to 2015, it was basically a who can strip the best. Yes! Show us your titties. Like, it was very that. Sexual. Um, at one point in the mini-doc, they interview a girl who's participating in 2015. And they're like, oh, have you done it before? She's like, hell yeah, I won in 2009. And they were like, oh, what was, like, your talent? Because there was a talent portion. And she goes, I made the mic disappear. Ah. Oh, no. <laughs> Who has to follow that? Nobody, because she won. Um, so that is what we were dealing with. Pre-2013. It's because no one wants to touch the mic app. You don't understand. The mic is gone. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, Kid Rock probably licked it. Anyways. By the way, Kid Rock is at most gatherings. There's a weird, like... That makes sense. Yeah. There's an urban legend about him, like, being gifted a dildo that was supposedly used on some juggalette. It's... It's a whole thing. It's very unclear. And then they settled out of court. It's a long story. Anyway, so pre like 2013, Juggalette Beauty Pageant made mics disappear. Uh, And (laughs) right around 2013, one of the girls that used to compete was like, I'm kind of tired of this. I don't like that this is the only version of Juggalettes that we're glorifying. And it's we not. Keep running through mics. <laughs> <laughs> They're expensive. I can't buy a new one every year. You could electrocute yourself doing that. Um, so she decided to basically start a group called Let's Respect. Let's being L E T T E S. Respect. Obviously, respect. So basically. What's the extra T for? Juggalette. Oh! Yeah, 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 yeah. Clever. So the goal was basically to revamp the pageant so that people didn't get booed off stage if they didn't show their tits, that it wasn't just a beauty pageant, and that there was a talent portion that was more than just stripping, but that more people felt okay competing. So now it's more of like a variety competition because this documentary follows a plus-size juggalo raptress. Okay. Lady rapper. Okay. Uh, because she got too nervous the year before and lost, and this year she wants to try and actually rap for her talent. Uh, so you follow her. She kind of does her talent. There's a slam poet at one point. Um, slam poets are slow rappers for anyone who's not following. Pretty That's much. Uh, Gallagher was there. Yeah. 
there, there's like a dancer and like a like you know somebody doing like bow staff moves do they wear clown makeup though some do some don't Interesting. not all juggalettes wear clown makeup do they have to wear like a sexy costume not anymore they do not you can choose to the goal basically was to make it so that people could choose to do whatever they wanted and not be penalized one way or another so basically you could not make pen- that face you fuck she's because <laughs> it sounds like penis she's making a face they yes yeah, so they wouldn't be penisalized uh for <laughs> for not dressing sexy um but there is like a like a beauty portion but it's basically like beauty talent and then like a dance portion it's kind of like a whole thing there are still strippers on stage the whole time nice and the girl who wins in this documentary i believe stripped where and they interview the girls running the pageant they're just like hey a couple years ago you'd get booed off the stage if you didn't strip so the fact that we're moving in a direction where people can do a bunch of other stuff hey they didn't win but we're getting there. <laughs> she's beauty and she's, she's grace. grace. She has clown makeup on her face. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So highly recommend watching that one. Super interesting. That's awesome. And before we get to a special thing that we have for the end of this, uh, I want to go through a juggalo glossary. Just a couple specific phrases. Okay. So... First of all, Juggalo College is called Middle School. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So. Oh my God. <laughs> let's get through it. Um, <laughs> Can you give us. Uh, how about this? Can you give us the term and we'll try and guess what the English translation Ooh, is? Love it. Love yes, it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Your first term is Bango Bango. Bango Bango. All right. My guess is uh, uh, condom. No. Damn it. Andrea, what's your guess? Uh, a knife? No. <laughs> it's a juggalo or juggalette's drug dealer. Damn. Damn. This is wow. going to be tough. All okay, right. that has no basis in the human language. No, most of these don't. Now, this one I mentioned earlier in the episode. Let's see if you remember. Okay. Chicken. Oh, that's a racist. That's a racist. Uh, let's see. Cotton candy. That's Fago. No. No, it's pussy. It's pussy. It is pussy. It's pussy. Damn it. They have so many words for pussy. Um, bingo, bingo. Also pussy. Also <laughs> pussy. Uh, those are kind of obvious. Uh, okay. Echo side. Pussy. No. <laughs> Echo side? Is that what it is? Echo side. Um, I feel like it's gun. It's not. Um, Echo side. Fighting? No. Is that so, when you kill a, a bat? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's an afterlife beyond hell for the most wicked of juggalos. What, what the fuck? <laughs> what is this Bible they've written? It's so crazy. This is like Lord of the La- Lord of the Rings meets a carnival fan fiction of the Bible. They yeah, literally have their own is. language. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, extra sauce. Uh, come. Nope. Drink? Drunk? Nope. Welfare checks. Oh, oh my god. That's good. I'm going to start using good, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, this one, you'll never guess it, so I'm going to read it to you. But this is a piece of, like, Juggalo lore that's not based in any sort of reality. But okay. it's something that Juggalos have adopted as canon, if you want to. And that's the Fago War of 1911. Oh, my God. Whoa. 
This is pre Juggalo. Yes. That's that probably pre Fago. It is pre Fago. Uh, it's the war in which Marvis the Strong of the great state of Detroit. State of Detroit. Okay. Detroit is a city, but whatever. Uh, fought Harlan the weak ass hater from the state of Michigan. Michigan is a state. Who knows? Maybe they're sovereign citizens in this term? This caused a civil war among the Detroit Fago crew, which allegedly was a popular gang at the time. Oh, my God. They totally weren't. They weren't. Uh, Supposedly, they branched off and created juggalos, whereas followers of Harlan created international business machines now known simply as IBM. This is also something that's referenced in one of their movies. What? Yeah. (laughs) Also, I'm offended you thought we wouldn't guess this. That would have been my first guess. (laughs) Um, They they have two films. One is Big Money Hustlers, where they work at like a Fortune 500 company. Oh, my God. uh, As like stockbrokers. That one's harder to follow. The one that you should definitely watch if you get the chance is Big Money Rustlers, where they're in the Wild West. I want to mystery science this fucking movie yeah. so bad. Oh my god, uh, Muggalo. Uh, that's a that's a it's juggalo a without powers. magical powers. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was very going close. To Someone who's not a juggalo oh, is derived from the Harry Potter universe. Oh my muggle. god! Of course it is. I should have guessed a real answer. I would have right. got it right. Nedin. Nedin? Nedin. How do you spell it? How do you spell it? N-E-D-E-N. Nedin. Can I get the country of origin? The state of Detroit, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) You took it right out of my mouth. (laughs) Nedin. Do you want me to use it in a sentence? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Girl, you need to eat more yogurt. Your Nedin got a yeast infection. (laughs) It's also pussy? It's also pussy? Nedin's the way more common pussy slang. Nedin on your wedding night. Nedin, yeah. That's the worst one. Yeah, busting off in a Nedin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, Nerdle. Nerdle. Sounds like a dick. Uh, I'm going to guess a a smart juggalo. No, uh, it's a shit. As in, ninja, I got to take a nerdle. (laughs) Oh my god! I um, forgot they say ninja. <laughs> uh, I got two because oh, they, they can't, can't say, say the n word, yeah, so yeah. they say ninja. Shut the fuck up! Yeah, ninja. Uh, I got two more for you. Popsicle. It's a dildo. Close. Damn. A dick it is a dick. Damn. Okay. Uh, and then finally, because this will apply to our next activity, rolling with red pop. Cheese. Rolling with Red Pop, uh, having diarrhea? No. Uh, it's a juggalette on her period. Oh. What? Red Pop is a fav- flavor of Fago. Yeah. So you're rolling with Red Pop. And it is bright red. So it's if like someone's a- like, girl, do you want to touch my popsicle with your... Nedin? Nedin. And she's like, no. I'm rolling with Red Pop. Sorry, I'm rolling with Red Pop, Ninja. Yeah. Are you Yikes. sure I can get some Plan B for my Bengo Bengo? <laughs> That's my drug dealer. That's funny that your drug dealer sells birth control. You he, have to at the, uh, at the fucking gathering of the juggalos. Oh my god. This is my favorite. 
favorite episode of all time. Oh, it's wait. It's so good. One more. Three Ring Circus. Oh, three ways. Threesome. No, it's when a juggalo or juggalette builds an addition onto his or her home or trailer. What? Oh, my God. Why is it the only wholesome word they have? <laughs> so, for our last activity, and I'm so glad we were able to make it happen. Uh, in California, Fago is not easy to come oh, by. Oh, Paige, you didn't. I did. No. Uh, now, we are limited in what flavors we can get, but somebody in the Facebook group asked if we could do a Fago and cheese pairing. Yes. Which we have done. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, so we have three Fago flavors. These are the only ones available currently in Los Angeles Period that I was able red. to find. We do have Red Pop. Oh, Jesus. I've tried Red Pop before. It is very sweet. Okay. Uh, we then have cream soda. Okay. And we have grape. Okay. Those are the three. So with the Red Pop, we're going to pair a nice brie. With the cream, we're going to pair an Irish uh, skellig cheddar. <laughs> Everything that's happening is a crime, and I love it. And with the grape, we're actually going to pair an Italian garlic spiced cheese um because it was i was like grape wine maybe kind of i feel like mixing something this fancy with something this shitty is going to be like what people think pop rocks and coke do yeah not really i i'm just excited to eat cheese and and we'll sample some fago uh, that's why I put it in the fridge so it'd be cold by now. Okay. This um, sounds like the mixing of rich and poor that is in my DNA. And so. is really in the DNA of ICP because they each own like four houses. Yeah, now. it's beautiful. Damn, and it they each beautiful. got like three three rings. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm getting it. You're getting it. I'm doing it. You're doing it. So if you have other Fago flavors, specifically Diet Peach, if you can find it. Please send them to us. Diet peach. Because I shouldn't really be drinking a ton of sugar. And yeah. Do like little samplers. Yeah, oh, of tastes. course. Yeah. But just I want to drink lots of diet peach because I love peach things. Okay. Um, but if you have Fago flavors you want us to try, specifically candy apple. If you've got candy apple, send them to us. We were are happy to pair them with a cheese and try them. Let's fucking let's fucking do this. Let's, let's fucking do this shit, dog. All right, we're starting with grape. Yeah, I let's mean, let's do it. If we're some gonna, cheese and bread. Yeah, can I get? I'm sure the cheese is gonna be. good. Yeah, the cheese is gonna be fine. I'm. What I'm wondering is if I eat the good thing first, and then wash it down with bad. That's definitely a choice. So, do we want to start with the cheese first? Yeah, let's all start with the cheese first. Okay. Ooh, it what smells like an Italian sandwich. So it's. Basically, an Italian cheese uh, with sun-dried tomato and garlic. Oh, my God. It's so good. I'm in love. I do like that a lot. I'm in love with the cheddar. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's the juggalo word for cheese? Is it just pussy? No, but but cheddar means money. Okay. So, just like standard rap rules. Yeah. Now, I'm going to try this grape fago. Because this is what we're pairing that delicious Italian cheese with, mm-hmm. is grape fago. <laughs> oh, man. Weirdest part is that it does pair well with the cheese. Does it really? But I will say, <laughs> I took a big gulp of fago, and it it is an attack on the senses. Honestly, I love it. It's my favorite flavor of lollipop, and that's what it tastes like. Really? You like how sweet it is? 
Oh yeah, of course. I'm a monster. Okay. I actually I don't mind it. I mean, it's, I'm not I, mad. It's it, my. I took a sip. I cheated and I took a sip before we recorded this section. But after eating the cheese, weirdly enough. I like it more. Like, it, yeah, it tastes like a melted grape popsicle. Yes. Oh yes, my god. Yes, that is what it tastes. That's like. exactly what it tastes mm-hmm. like. It's a probably the same formula. Yeah, honestly. it's just yeah. a carbonated grape popsicle dripping. Yeah, it's it's it would never be my first choice, but if it was around and the only option, I wouldn't be mad. Who well, likes grape soda? Kill. Like, no, he likes orange. He likes soda. Orange Violent J likes grape. Soda. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we move on to the rock and rhyme? Yes, of course. Please. All right, so this is a Kerrygold Skellig. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's one of Jake and I's favorite cheeses. We typically keep it around the house. It has a bit of sharpness to it. Very sharp. It's what was in our quiche this morning. Oh. Love it. I'm very sharp. Yep. Also, P.S. Paige makes the best quiche I've ever had in my entire life. It's so good. Oh, my God. It's still delicious. Mm-hmm. Okay, Not this mad one, about it. This one is my favorite so far. I've only had three flavors of Fago. The thing is, this I being don't, the third. I don't know if they taste good together or if I just love cheese and sugar. Hmm. I think what well, again, what I'm, what's very weird is that they pair well in my mind. I mean, cheese and fruit is a classic, right? Yeah, and I tried, I tried the the drink before I tried the cheese, and the cheese made it better. I'm not loving this one. Cream soda is not like for everyone. Better. Yeah, I, well, and I'm picky about my cream soda. I've had better cream soda yeah. for sure. The one time that I really, really loved cream soda was for a while. Shaq had a line of sodas <laughs> called Shaq Soda. Shaq owns so many were, Papa Johns right now. What? They were so good. Yeah, Shaq is buying up Papa Johns. Is it because Papa Johns hella racist? Yeah, maybe. I mean, well, hey. now Shaq owns it. Good. Weird. Good for Shaq. Weird choice. All right, so our final one is Red Pop with Brie. Andrea, do you want to take this little Brie triangle? Yes. Which we are, we just learned is code word for uh, period blood. Oh my God. Red Pop, yeah. I can smell it from here. Yeah. Does it I taste have, like a shark? I have had Red Pop before and it's it's a thing. It it's is. experience. Intense. I have a feeling that this is going to be either my favorite or least favorite. No. No to Red Pop. <laughs> what does that taste like? It tastes like something. It's strawberry artificial flavoring. Mm-hmm. That's not... I haven't tasted it. I'm just reading off the bottle. It's just giving... It tastes like cough syrup. Mm. That's what it tastes like. It tastes like... like. So does the grape one. Try the grape one again and you'll realize it tastes like... It tastes like, like, like Dimetap. Yeah. That is exactly what that tastes like. Yeah. <clears throat> This is just carbonated Dayquil. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like exactly, like spot on. Yeah, it tastes like medicine. It, it It's going to hurt you at first. This one feels more carbonated than the others. I've had this one before, and I remember buying it because it was Fago, and I thought it was hilarious. And it tastes like red vines. Oh, my God. It burns. Is soda supposed to hurt? No. Oh, man. Oh. <sighs> Does smell paint fumes? No, but if nothing else, I feel like this proves that I'm really good at pairing cheeses with things. <sighs> Smelling this Fago, I just got a hankering for some face painting. You guys feel this way? Hmm. Want to go chicken hunting? <laughs> you know it. Let's go to the carnival. Anyway, um, yeah, this has been an interesting 
It's kind of like a, I'm not calling them my enemy, but it's kind of a weird know thy enemy to drink their carbonated cough syrup, uh, sugar. Grape is delicious. I don't like it. I love it. I don't like it. I don't like red dot. I kind of like, the thing is I'm saying that the the cream soda is my favorite and that's only by the process of elimination. (laughs) Like it's not, it's not a clear front winner. It's like, I didn't want to pick a winner. They, they also spray everyone with Fago at the concerts. I know. Shake up giant two liters. Think of the bees. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's where your brain went was just bees. It's like one of my favorite things is when you go to Coachella, one of the, one of the things that they do uh, at almost every show is at some point the artist will throw out water bottles. Yeah. And it's because it's so hot and it's the middle of the desert that they need to keep people hydrated. But people treat it like it's merch or something. Uh-huh. And so people want it. And uh, sometimes where the water bottle's heading, it gets so crowded, people can't move. I went to the ASAP Ferg concert and ASAP Ferg was throwing water bottles out. And whenever it would become clear where the trajectory was heading, people would bunch up so tight that no one could lift their arms up. So and just every hit time, people hit yeah, in the face. people would just get pelted in the face <laughs> with a water bottle. Well, that's like. And he had to realize he was doing more harm than good and just stop doing it. So for this one, I think I'm going to say don't drink Red Pop. Yeah. And don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye.